Story number nineteen of the Toys of Peace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. The Toys of Peace. Short stories by Saki. The Hedgehog. A mixed double of young people were contesting a game of lawn tennis at the rectory garden party. For the past five-and-twenty years at least mixed doubles of young people had done exactly the same thing on exactly the same spot at about the same time of year. The young people changed and made way for others in the course of time, but very little else seemed to alter. The present players were sufficiently conscious of the social nature of the occasion to be concerned about their clothes and appearance and sufficiently sport-loving to be keen on the game. Both their efforts and their appearance came under the fourfold scrutiny of a quartet of ladies sitting as official spectators on a bench immediately commanding the court. It was one of the accepted conditions of the rectory garden party that four ladies, who usually knew very little about tennis and a great deal about the players, should sit at that particular spot and watch the game. It had also come to be almost a tradition that two ladies should be amiable, and that the other two should be Mrs. Dole and Mrs. Hatch Mallard. "'What a singularly unbecoming way Eva Jonelet has taken to doing her hair in!' said mrs hatch mallard it's ugly hair at the best of times but she needn't make it look ridiculous as well some one ought to tell her eva jonelet's hair might have escaped mrs hatch mallard's condemnation if she could have forgotten the more glaring fact that eva was mrs dole's favourite niece it would perhaps have been a more comfortable arrangement if mrs hatch mallard and mrs dole could have been asked to the rectory on separate occasions but there was only one garden party in the course of the year and neither lady could have been omitted from the list of invitations without hopelessly wrecking the social peace of the parish how pretty the yew trees look at this time of year interposed a lady with a soft silvery voice that suggested a chinchilla muff painted by whistler what do you mean by this time of year demanded mrs hatch mallard yew trees look beautiful at all times of the year that is their great charm yew trees never look anything but hideous under any circumstances or at any time of year said mrs dole with the slow emphatic relish of one who contradicts for the pleasure of the thing they are only fit for graveyards and cemeteries mrs hatch mallard gave a sardonic snort which being translated meant that there were some people who were better fitted for cemeteries than for garden parties what is the score please asked the lady with the chinchilla voice the desired information was given her by a young gentleman in spotless white flannels whose general toilet effect suggested solicitude rather than anxiety what an odious young cub bertie dixon has become pronounced mrs dole 
remembering suddenly that Bertie was a favourite with Mrs. Hatch Mallard. "'The young men of to-day are not what they used to be twenty years ago.' "'Of course not,' said Mrs. Hatch Mallard. Twenty years ago Bertie Dixon was just two years old, and you must expect some difference in appearance and manner and conversation between those two periods.' "'Do you know?' said Mrs. Dole confidentially. "'I shouldn't be surprised if that was intended to be clever.' "'Have you anyone interesting coming to stay with you, Mrs. Norbury?' asked the chinchilla voice hastily. "'You generally have a house-party at this time of year.' "'I've got a most interesting woman coming,' said Mrs. Norbury, who had been mutely struggling for some chance to turn the conversation into a safe channel. "'An old acquaintance of mine, Ada Bleak.' "'What an ugly name!' said mrs hatch mallard she's descended from the de la bleaks an old huguenot family of touraine you know there weren't any huguenots in touraine said mrs hatch mallard who thought she might safely dispute any fact that was three hundred years old well anyhow she's coming to stay with me continued mrs norbury bringing her story quickly down to the present day she arrives this evening, and she's highly clairvoyant, a seventh daughter of a seventh daughter, you know, and all that sort of thing. How very interesting, said the chinchilla voice. Exwood is just the right place for her to come to, isn't it? There are supposed to be several ghosts there. That is why she was so anxious to come, said Mrs. Norbury she put off another engagement in order to accept my invitation she's had visions and dreams and all those sort of things that have come true in a most marvellous manner but she's never actually seen a ghost and she's longing to have that experience she belongs to that research society you know i expect you'll see the unhappy lady colompton the most famous of all the exwood ghosts said mrs dole my ancestor you know sir gervase colompton murdered his young bride in a fit of jealousy while they were on a visit to exwood he strangled her in the stables with a stirrup-leather just after they had come in from riding and she is seen sometimes at dusk going about the lawns and the stable-yard in a long green habit moaning and trying to get the thong from round her throat i shall be most interested to hear if your friend sees i don't know why she should be expected to see a trashy traditional apparition like the so-called colompton ghost that is only vouched for by housemaids and tipsy stable boys when my uncle who was the owner of exwood committed suicide there under the most tragical circumstances and most certainly haunts the place mrs hatch mallard has evidently never read popple's county history said mrs dole icily or she would know that the Colompton ghost has a wealth of evidence behind it. Oh, Popple! exclaimed Mrs. Hatch Mallard scornfully. Any rubbishy old story is good enough for him. 
popple indeed now my uncle's ghost was seen by a rural dean who was also a justice of the peace i should think that would be good enough testimony for any one mrs norbury i shall take it as a deliberate personal affront if your clairvoyant friend sees any other ghost except that of my uncle i dare say she won't see anything at all she never has yet you know said mrs norbury hopefully it was a most unfortunate topic for me to have broached she lamented afterwards to the owner of the chinchilla voice exwood belongs to mrs hatch mallard and we've only got it on a short lease a nephew of hers has been wanting to live there for some time and if we offend her in any way she'll refuse to renew the lease i sometimes think these garden parties are a mistake the norburys played bridge for the next three nights till nearly one o'clock they did not care for the game but it reduced the time at their guest's disposal for undesirable ghostly visitations miss vleek is not likely to be in a frame of mind to see ghosts said hugo norbury if she goes to bed with her brain a whirl with royal spades and no trumps and grand slams i've talked to her for hours about mrs hatch mallard's uncle said his wife and pointed out the exact spot where he killed himself and invented all sorts of impressive details and i found an old portrait of lord john russell and put it in her room and told her that it's supposed to be a picture of the uncle in middle age if ada does see a ghost at all it certainly ought to be old hatch mallard's at any rate we've done our best the precautions were in vain on the third morning of her stay ada bleak came down late to breakfast her eyes looking very tired but ablaze with excitement her hair done anyhow and a large brown volume hugged under her arm at last i've seen something supernatural she exclaimed and gave mrs norbury a fervent kiss as though in gratitude for the opportunity afforded her a ghost cried mrs norbury not really really and unmistakably was it an oldish man in the dress of about fifty years ago asked mrs norbury hopefully nothing of the sort said ada it was a white hedgehog a, a white, white hedgehog? hedgehog exclaimed both the norburys in tones of disconcerted astonishment a huge white hedgehog with baleful yellow eyes said ada i was lying half asleep in bed when suddenly i felt a sensation as of something sinister and unaccountable passing through the room i sat up and looked round and there under the window i saw an evil creeping thing a sort of monstrous hedgehog of a dirty white colour with black loathsome claws that clicked and scraped along the floor and narrow yellow eyes of indescribable evil it slithered along for a yard or two 
always looking at me with its cruel hideous eyes then when it reached the second window which was open it clambered up the sill and vanished i got up at once and went to the window there wasn't a sign of it anywhere of course i knew it must be something from another world but it was not till i turned up popple's chapter on local traditions that i realized what i had seen she turned eagerly to the large brown volume and read nicholas harrison an old miser was hung at batchford in seventeen sixty three for the murder of a farm lad who had accidentally discovered his secret hoard his ghost is supposed to traverse the countryside appearing sometimes as a white owl sometimes as a huge white hedgehog i expect you read the popple's story overnight and that made you think you saw a hedgehog when you were only half awake said mrs norbury hazarding a conjecture that probably came very near the truth ada scouted the possibility of such a solution of her apparition this must be hushed up said mrs norbury quickly the servants hushed up exclaimed ada indignantly i'm writing a long report on it for the research society it was then that hugo norbury who is not naturally a man of brilliant resource had one of the really useful inspirations of his life it was very wicked of us miss bleak he said but it would be a shame to let it go further that white hedgehog is an old joke of ours a stuffed albino hedgehog you know that my father brought home from jamaica where they grow to enormous size we hide it in the room with a string on it run one end of the string through the window then we pull it from below and it comes scraping along the floor just as you've described and finally jerks out of the window uh, taken in heaps of people they all read up popple and think it's old harry nicholson's ghost uh, we always stop them from writing to the papers about it though uh, that would be carrying matters too far mrs hatch mallard renewed the lease in due course but ada bleak has never renewed her friendship end of the hedgehog